Nina Darton of the New York Times calls this movie a good-natured potpourri of gags, funny bits, populist sentiment, and anti-intellectualism. Time Out calls it an acceptable time-passer. And Desmond Ryan of the Philadelphia Inquirer calls it a comedy that belongs back on the drawing board. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we determine the fate of Back to School. Which one will it be? Greetings, Starfighters, and welcome to a very special back to school edition of Rune Childhoods. In a actual school. That's right. We are literally in a school. We're in my classroom. We're in a in a high school. So not not the school situation of back to school the movie, which is a college, but we are in a school. We are sitting at desks that are attached to the chairs. John, when was the last time you were in a high school? When I came to visit your classroom last. Okay. So uh, fair okay. <laughs> within the past year that's okay yeah that's that's true uh, <laughs> but before that i met you know a I long time ago yeah, yeah so yeah back to school it is back to school so if you are a student or a parent then uh best wishes from us <laughs> yeah on, on the school year congratulations on sending your child or yourself to school yeah now of course one of the most popular uh things that's done in school is current events (laughs) yes we don't really have any Uh. yeah no uh we're recording this shortly after the last episode we recorded uh we are taking advantage of the fact that i am in seattle right now yes live and and in person yeah an impromptu labor day weekend trip and uh yeah i'm here we're we're in this classroom um it's happening (laughs) uh and Dan, you wanted to just talk a little bit. There's no like news news, but there is some new trailers. Oh, yeah. Well, there's the Terminator Dark Fate trailer. So in terms of a a hybrid sequel reboot, Terminator Dark yeah. Fate, the new trailer features much more of Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor. Uh, we learn a bit more about Mackenzie Davis's character, who is we kind of a Terminator, and we it see. It seems Arnold. unclear. I am looking forward to finding out what that actually is all about. Intrigue is being built, and, and I think that the return of James Cameron and Tim Miller taking over as director, mm-hmm. it should be an exciting refresh a a refresh for the terminator franchise which and i believe it's supposed to it's supposed to be set in the same timeline as the original terminator and terminator 2 but it is i don't believe it acknowledges terminator 3 terminator salvation or terminator genesis that just blew my mind yeah, it's it's really complex stuff, uh, you know, much like the the premise of the Terminator. I feel like all of the rules are just out the window now in terms of, you know, a a film dynasty. 
It's just like, forget about those. We're, we're just, this is the third one now. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I guess we, you can do that now. <laughs> Everyone's going to go see the movies anyway or stream them. You know, they're, they'll make their money. I mean, I think this one will probably do better. If I remember correctly, Genesis was not a big hit. So I saw, I saw the Genesis in the theater. I thought that it was okay. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't see it in the theater. <laughs> I wasn't. I watched it at home. I would give it another oh, wait, no, shot. I did watch it at home, not in the theater. Anyway, yeah. not that memorable. It yeah. was okay. I'd give it another shot, but I'm excited to see what they have in store for us. Dark Fate comes out November November 1st. Do you feel like the title Dark Fate is just generic Terminator talk, or do you feel like it actually has to do with something revealing? I think it's more just like Terminator. You know, there is no fate, but what we make, uh, I, I think it's it's more in terms of that. I think it's the vibe of the trailer seems to suggest that it's like, hey, you can't stop Judgment Day. Right. And also, we get a nice little I'll be back from Sarah Connor. That's right. We do. And rumor has it Edward Furlong is back. I was wondering what was going to happen with John Connor. I believe that we do get to see John Connor as played by Edward Furlong, who played him in Terminator 2. Is his uh, buddy going to be back? Um, Danny Cooksey? Danny Cooksey. He's just got a skullet now. I, I mean, that'd be, that would track. They're still listening to Guns N' Roses. Hey, if you went through what they went through, wouldn't you just be sitting around 30 years later listening to Guns N' Roses? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, so, yeah, but we're going to talk about Back to School now. Yeah, Back to School. What a classic. It is a movie. That... <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just going to end it there. It is a movie. It is. That is. That's pretty much all there is to say about it. it no, no, this is a movie that if you haven't seen it, you probably know about it. Um, it has an interesting cast. It's an early Robert Downey Jr. film. Uh, where he truly shines. He and does. man, oh man, it's just like, you were always so good. You were always good. And um, we get a grade A, uh, you know, Rod- I, I can't say Rodney Dangerfield's name without thinking of my wife, Laura, and how she butchers his name every time. Rodney <laughs> Downey. Rod- yeah, Rodney Downey Dangerfield. Dangerfield. Ju- junior, junior Field. field. Junior, junior Field. Um, so... Yeah, Rodney Dangerfield, and in this movie, much like several of his others, are really just written around his like stand-up jokes, his self-deprecating humor. Right, except that what what makes this one stand out, and what I think makes this one stand out, and Kat, his character in Caddyshack, his role in that, is actually that they break away from that. He's not. He's he's well off. That's true. In this. And he doesn't seem to care what what people think. He's they establish with his relationship with his with his wife, Vanessa. Yeah. And her friends who are all like they're very phony, they're very fake. And he just like he's the guy who just wants to drink a beer and make a sandwich. And he's gonna do that. And he's got all the money in the world yeah. from his tall and fat store empire yeah 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 yeah. um 
so this movie well um I, i'll get to the synopsis in a moment but uh i never saw easy money is he well off in that one or is that no he, more he gets no respect no he's more yeah no respect like working class and i think it's his mother-in-law in that or his he's like a rich relative of his wife who's basically like i'm gonna leave your family all this money if you can be okay. respectable <laughs> so yeah he's got, joe pesci's in that too oh yeah yeah um and then in ladybugs he definitely doesn't get much respect or his level of respect hinges on the performance of the girls soccer team he coaches for his company yeah um, where he definitely doesn't get respect right um until they start winning Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so back to school. Uh, back to school is about Thornton Mellon, who owns Thornton Mellon's Tall and Fat, a uh, <laughs> a um, a franchise of stores that uh, sweeps the nation. Um, it starts off with young Thornton Mellon, played by Jason Hervey, my past employer. Briefly, I, he was the executive producer on a show I worked on called "I Want to Be a Hilton." Oh, right. Yeah, right. The Kathy Hilton reality show. I think that was, it was Jason Hervey and Eric Bischoff produced that together. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I have a quote I, from Eric Bischoff on my wall. He says it often on his podcast, 83 Weeks. Oh. Context is king. Okay. Fair enough. It's what I like to teach my students. Sure. It's front and center in the classroom, too. That's premium placement right there yeah so um yeah jason hervey nice guy i was a tape librarian on that show which is as boring as it sounds but i got free lunches there's nothing boring about free lunch nothing boring about free lunch and um or i guess you could say lunch was included because i was paid i don't maybe i would have been paid more if i didn't get lunch i don't know uh the word free it's always kind of weird. Anyway, back to yeah. school. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing in this life is free. Yeah. So um, even back to school. Back to school. So yeah. So Thornton Mellon. He's and and you mentioned that the title, uh, his the name of his source, Thornton Mellon's Tall and Fat, which is such a great little joke. Yeah, I think it's so funny. And, yeah, yeah. So um, Jason Hervey is is young Thornton Mellon, and he he comes into his father's. Um, Taylor shop, Taylor shop. Yeah. Is that what you call it? His, yes. Yeah. Alteration station. And, uh, and he basically says like something about, um, you know, wanting to work in the family business and his father's like, no, you have to go to college and make something of yourself. Oh, cause he comes home with a bad report card. Oh, is that what happens? Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, and he definitely does the like Rodney Dangerfield, like collar tug Mm -hmm. at, at one point poorly. I, I didn't think that it was very convincing. Yeah, it was very much a like that moment in the movie where you're like, "Oh, that must be young Rodney Dangerfield." Yeah, totally. Yeah. So uh, if you're seeing it in the '80s, yeah. Oh, that must be young. Yeah. Hmm. That boy, he's going to be in the Wonder Years. <laughs> uh, that's the kid who had Pee Wee's bike. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, what a career he had. Yeah. In, in films in that specific era. Anyway, in, t- in television. Um, so as we then see in a montage of old style photographs, uh, Thornton Mellon's big, and, uh, sorry, tall and fat becomes the success it is. And then we kind of end up in a, uh, a boardroom where he clearly is very smart. He's very business savvy. 
uh, one of his advisors wants him to do something with one of his locations, and he's just like, no, let's keep it open another year, and blah, 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 blah. And then they're just like, uh, okay, yes. He really, yeah, he's just got a great head for business, and when in this meeting, whenever there's proposals, there's the guy who's proposing the the toy for the uh, oh yeah <laughs> yeah melon melon pa- melon patch kids I think so yeah and it was yeah because like instead of because cabbage patch kids were huge at the time when the movie came out but yeah melon patch kids instead of being ad- like adopted they're abandoned yeah and he's like let's run with it yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, he's clearly a success, successful guy, and uh, he stars in his own commercials where he says, um, like the big tagline is, "The best way to look thin is to hang around people who are fatter than you are," uh, which is super funny. Yeah, it's not not the most sensitive movie. No, very frequently <laughs> this movie makes you go, "Okay." Oh, the eighties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, not a good time to be. Well, I guess it's never a good time to not be a white male. But <laughs> no, it was just it, 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 no. It was really not a good time to be anyone else. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you got you got away with a lot if you were making a movie like this. Yeah. So um, he he hops on a phone call with his son. I'm not going to like go through the entire script, but uh, through a phone call with his son Jason, who is in college, we learn that he uh, is allegedly in a fraternity and on the diving team. And oh, so proud his father is of him. And um, <laughs> but he's he's dissuades Thornton Mellon to, uh, of coming to visit. Was that a little Lebowski achiever? Like I feel like the way you said those. <laughs> and yes, how proud we are. Like the way Julianne Moore says it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i maybe i just kind of i'm just absorbing all of these um phrases and, and ways of saying things so oh boy but it, it but it works <laughs> yeah no it, no i'm just not used to hearing somebody else just integrate big lebowski quotes into conversation you know the little lebowski urban achievers really don't get the credit they deserve for uh, all their accomplishments so um yeah i then we have the the dinner party at the Mellon Mansion where uh, Thornton Mellon is celebrating his, I think, fifth anniversary with his wife. Mm-hmm. And it's with all of her, as you said, phony friends. And um, that's when he catches her uh, smooching with, uh, Giorgio. with Giorgio, who... Um, oh, we ha- Wait. Actually, speaking of the Wonder Years, mm-hmm. Giorgio is played by Robert Miranda yeah. who was the gym teacher on was he the, the Wonder gym teacher? He was the he was also in Inner Space the I, Cowboy. I was going to say he's the Cowboy in Inner yeah, Space. He's the cowboy. We haven't talked about Inner Space have we yet? No, we haven't talked about Inner Space. Mm. So <laughs> so uh anyway, it catches him. He goes, "Oh, it's Adam and Evil." <laughs> you know, something like that and and you know everything he says is like uh, a goof. And uh, he's not surprised at all. Apparently, he's got a stack of Polaroids of the two of them canoodling. And uh, <laughs> when she approaches him that evening and says that she wants a divorce after he acts out and starts, like, drinking a beer and, as you said, making a sandwich out of a loaf of bread and hors d'oeuvres. Scooping thing. And then when she brings over people to meet him right after he takes a huge bite of the sandwich and he just scoops it out yeah. of his mouth with his finger because... <laughs> Oh, it's a great scene. But it's it's also, it's more of that, you know, slob versus snob. Yeah. 
humor that we have in Caddyshack and right. easy money. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, it's new money. It's, you know, I don't know, a, a really fun character for Rodney Dangerfield to play because you can believe that he, you know, wasn't raised to be, uh, you know, of this stature. Right. Well, his character originally was supposed to be poor. Right. Yeah. They it was uh, Harold Ramis's idea to change it so that the character is is well off, and it works. Re- well, realizing there's no other way he's going to be able to go back to school. Right. So, uh, divorces the wife like on the spot. He's got the papers already out there, and uh, <laughs> he decides that he's going to hop in the limo with his driver, Leo Lou Lou. Lou, of Bert course, Young. Lou, Burt Young, uh, Burt Young of the Rocky films, uh, and uh, yeah, they go off to visit the son in college, and that's where things really take off. He is now back at a school. He is back to school. Well, yeah, though he really he isn't, is not back you know. to school. He's at a school. He's at a school. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, finds his his son Jason. But not uh, not before going into a random sorority house, thinking that it was his son's fraternity house, um, yelling out his son's name, and then opening up a shower <laughs> curtain because that's what you do when you visit your son at college uh, as, as a surprise, and you walk in and your son is in the shower. Clearly, you just open the shower curtain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see what the problem is with that. And sure enough, there's a a sorority girl in there and she's uh you know just minding her own getting freaked out that this old guy just opened up the shower curtain so a uh meaningless reason to include breasts in an 80s movie yeah kind of impressed that they kept a pg-13 rating because i'm pretty sure there's there's a few f-bombs that get dropped along right, the way yeah. too the rules were still a little loose back then. Yeah, it was the Wild West of PG-13. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he finds his son in the dorms uh, along with uh, with his roommate. Was it? Derek Lutz. Derek Lutz. I was going to say Derek Lutz, and I was like, is it Derek Lutz? Or is it... I knew it was Lutz. Derek Lutz. Derek Lutz. Robert Downey Jr., mm-hmm. um, the anti-authority, uh, devil may care. I'm just going to disrupt everything kind of attitude just anarchist bring the system down and stop privilege and bring he would he's like a one-man occupy wall street yeah but he's a good friend absolutely great a friend to his roommate jason he, he's probably the, the character that i think has like ages best like yeah if, if you were going to if you were going to re, i know we'll get to this part of the conversation but if you were going to remake the movie He's like really one character that you wouldn't have to do much to change to have him fit into our world. Right. The only thing is that like that was a time when having a different colored hair was shocking and crazy. Right. Now it's so regular. Yeah. Kids do it. Like it's not a thing anymore. Um, but it's mostly his attitude. I. Uh, yeah. yeah, the whole thing that he wore with the football helmet, with the missile going oh my God, through that it. That was great. Yeah, he commits. I would, I, I would be, I would not be surprised if, if something like that was his idea. He was yeah. on SNL at the time. That's right. Yeah, yeah. 
when they were shooting this. So Man, what a career. What a career he's had, Robert yeah. Downey Jr. Yeah, so um, sure enough, uh, Thornton discovers that Jason is not on the diving team and is not uh, is not in a fraternity, um, but instead he is a towel boy for the uh, for the diving team, which, as far as we can tell, consists of only one person, played by William Zabka, uh, Chaz. All you need. Chaz Osborne. Chaz Osborne, uh, the rich dick. We assume he's rich. <laughs> he gives off the air of being a rich dick. Yeah, he does wear a although, scarf. Although, occasionally, he does have a chip on his shoulder about Jason later on coming from money and just saying that his father buys him, yeah. you know, what he needs. So he's maybe not, he's maybe he's just a dick. Yeah. We don't know everything there is to know about Chaz Osborne. There could be very legitimate reasons for his being such a dick. I don't know. Well, we have to track down William Zabka and get the backstory. <laughs> I, man, I'd love to do that. Love to talk to him about that. Yes. I'd love to talk to him about a lot of things. Zabka, if you're out there, hit us up. Rudenchildhoodspot at gmail.com. Yeah. Hit it up. And uh, if if you are not William Zabka, don't write to us pretending to be him because that is mean. That yeah. is a Chaz Os- Osborne. Chaz Osborne wouldn't move. even. Oh, it is kind of a Chaz Osborne move. He does yeah. pull one of these in the movie. <laughs> so yeah. uh, um, one thing leads to another. Rodney Dangerfield decides that he wants to go back to school. He has a meeting with the dean, Dean Martin. Uh <laughs> Ned Beatty. (laughs) Yeah, Ned Beatty's so good. Great cast in this movie. Yeah, man, Ned Beatty. You certainly know that you're watching a movie from the 80s if, like, Ned Beatty shows up and you're (laughs) just like... It's Ned "Uh Beatty, Dabney Coleman. Who else is there that's like, oh, yeah, this was made some between 1979 and 1990. (laughs) Like, we got Dabney Coleman, we've got Ned Beatty, (laughs) we've got... Dabney Coleman would have been my poll. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Mm. Wilford Brimley. You've got Wilford Brimley. He had a he had a hot little '90s comeback. Though. That's true. That's true. The firm. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> um, we have uh, we have set up the, the the scene here. Thornton Mellon has decided to uh, donate a very large sum of money to create the Thornton Mellon School of Business, and in exchange, he will also be admitted as a student. Which it's kind of like, the only reason why there is for him to do this is just to to feel that sense of accomplishment. It's not going to change his career. Well, he also, he does it to set an example for his son. That's true. Because his son tells him, he says, Dad, I'm going to drop out. And he's like, look, you never went to college and you're such a success. Right, and, right, right. You know, so Thornton Mellon wants to do the right thing and be a good dad and set set the right example. So, yeah, so that's what motivates him. He says, hey, you know, fine, you know, you're having a hard time. I'll have a hard time with you. Yeah. And hilarity ensues. Yeah. And some really off-color jokes. Some pretty off-color jokes, some pretty uh, some pretty great, uh, interesting sequences. Um, the Twist and Shout, man, 1986 was the year of Twist and Shout. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Like, at the same time, yeah. these two were out in the theaters together, and it was like you had the Beatles' Twist and Shout back on the charts, thanks to Ferris Bueller, but then also Rodney Dangerfield's, which was, I remember, popular. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I feel like I remember hearing it on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. And this is pre-Rap and Rodney. 
<laughs> oh, we didn't talk about Rover Dangerfield. No, this we, cartoon. We sure didn't talk about Rover Dangerfield. <laughs> Nor shall we. No, I. I really have nothing to say. I never saw it. <laughs> so yeah, uh, no, I do. Re- I do actually remember hearing. The Rodney Dangerfield Twist and Chat on the radio. Yeah. What radio stations were we listening to? Z100, baby. <laughs> Z, like Z100, PLJ. I mean, yeah. that was that was pretty PLJ. much it. WP, WPLJ shut down. Well, that would explain why I haven't heard anything about it since I was 11. Well, you also haven't lived in the New York area. That's also I true. I mean, like, not, maybe not since you were 11, but yeah, not long after. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So, uh, yeah, through, an, I mean, we encounter, I'll just give a brief synopsis of the characters that we encounter. Mm-hmm. So we have, um, and I, I'm not going to mention their names because there's, there, well, there's Philip. Philip Barbet. Philip Barbet, who's the business professor. He's the dean of the business school. He's the I dean believe. of the business school. He's played by Paxton Whitehead. Oh, my God. British actor who... I was, he, and this is this is funny because there's a reference to this, but he he was best known. He did like a whole run of like Sherlock Holmes movies, I think, for BBC. That makes sense to me. Well, it makes sense because at one point Rodney like call, refers to him as Sherlock. Oh, does he really? Yeah, I didn't catch that. Probably because I wasn't aware of this connection. No, no, no. It hit me as a as I was as I was watching it. Yeah. So there's there's Philip Barbet who is has been seeing. The uh, literature professor, Dr. Diane Turner, played Diane by Turner, Sally, Sally Kellerman. Yeah, Sally Kellerman, Hot Lips. Um, or wait, was that Loretta? No, Sally Kellerman, I think, was Hot Lips in the uh, the movie version of MASH. Oh, really? I think so. Cool. I Yeah, I, I didn't doubt that until just the second. <laughs> um, and then uh, there's the diving coach. He doesn't necessarily need to be named great character actor though m emmett walsh yeah yeah uh who are we missing oh there's uh professor turgeson turgeson professor turgeson turgeson yeah the history professor yeah played by sam kinnison sam kinnison who's like a pro not a kind of a protege of rodney dangerfield yeah uh known for flying off the handle yep and uh, which he does so wonderfully he does in this so movie. wonderfully and never noticed this before great set of teeth yeah 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 Absolutely. Uh, nice uh, and some great cameos. First of all, Edie McClurg. Edie McClurg is great. She's like the his... other way you know you're watching an eighties movie. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. Um, television. Talking the Hogan family. Yeah, the Hogan family. Small wonder. Small wonder. Mm-hmm. Edie McClurg. Great. Uh, Wonderful. Uh, so, so you've got Edie McClurg. She's and... uh, Thornton Mellon's like personal secretary. Yeah, she goes to class to take notes. Oh, for lest we not forget, Kurt Vonnegut. So that's kind of what I, whereas this is one of my favorite movie cameos of all time. Uh-huh, yeah. And and the jokes around it are great. The fact that, that he hires Kurt Vonnegut to come and write his paper, because eventually he starts partying so much that he just starts hiring people to do his work. Yeah. So he he hires Kurt Vonnegut to write his paper on Kurt Vonnegut. And like submits submits the paper, he doesn't do well on the paper, 
And the reason is, and she goes, <laughs> Sally Kellerman goes, I don't know who the, who wrote this paper, but they but they know nothing about. Yeah, they Vonnegut. clearly don't know anything about Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he, the, cut to Rodney Dangerfield on the phone with Kurt Vonnegut, and he's like, and yeah, next time I'll call Robert Ludlum. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Uh, the, yeah, that when Kurt Vonnegut opens up, like when he opens up the door, and he's like, yes, I'm. I am Kurt, Kurt Vonnegut. Vonnegut. I yeah. am Kurt Vonnegut. Love Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, that was so good. Great um, cameo. Yeah. And yeah, so he parties so hard. He ends up just having other people do all of his homework. Meanwhile, he has formed a uh, small relationship with Professor Turner. Turner? Yeah. Turner, Sally Kellerman. And uh, she is also dating uh, Paxton Whitehead. Philip. Philip. And, um, you know, she's like, she's going with him. But it seems to be not exclusive in that, like, he knows that she is going out with Thornton Mellon. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. He kind of, you know, Thornton, you know, Mellon kind of romances her. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, to her, he is everything that philip isn't right he's fun he's adventurous he's interesting he's also smart and and in the first class that uh that thornton has with philip you know philip's trying to teach (laughs) stuff and thornton just keeps on telling him how it's wrong and he's forgetting things and he's missing stuff and he isn't considering certain things well philip is teaching business from the very practical very technical standpoint and thornton mellon is someone who's done who is he understands the reality of it so as he's sitting there listening to philip listing out like his budgeting and melon is just thinking like man well you got to budget some money to pay off the teamsters you have to save some money to pay off these to grease the politicians yeah grease the local politicians so you know (laughs) which puts off philip but it's I, I mean, it's the reality of it. Yeah. So ultimately, he gets uh, busted for plagiarism, even though he denies it. So uh, Philip suggests that the solution is to have an oral examination for all of his classes, and uh, which is only happening because he has given so much money to the university. So um, he is having this uh, oral presentation. He somehow, you know, there's a great studying montage. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. Watch the movie. <laughs> check it out. Yeah. And then um, he's like so tired and he somehow gets through Philip's entire 27 point One question. question in 27 parts. Oh, my God. And then as he is uh, doing Professor Turner's portion of it, uh, he kind of snaps back to life and she kind of encourages him back and he gets into it and then meanwhile the big swim meet or sorry diving, diving. meet swimming they don't need to swim they, no, they don't need to swim be able to they float. Ju- <laughs> it's a test of gravity and how fancy you look while going through it yeah so at this gravity, no offense to divers yeah and i know that i'm i know that i'm totally glazing over the entire party sequence with oingo boingo but we'll touch on that but uh <laughs> So during this, of course, we have um, Robert Downey Jr., you know, disturbing the uh, the establishment and uh, blowing an air horn during the other team diving and shining like a light. mirror. Yeah, a mirror in the other guy's eyes and them like completely belly flopping. And um, then Jason does 
a very unimpressive looking dive and somehow gets a like nine and a half and ten. And then um, William Zabka's character, Chaz, he kind of beefs it. He fakes a cramp? Well, he he kind of doesn't do great one time. And then Is that in this I I thought that in the in the finals isn't that when he fakes the cramp? Yeah, but I thought that he dived again. No, maybe that just was it. He cuz I know I know he What's that? Dove. He dove. Oh, he dives again. Yeah. So I thought you said dived. Oh, no, no, no. And we're in my classroom, so <laughs> I just automatically. Language arts. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, he does fake a cramp, and then they have to call in, you know, he's like, do you have any other eligible divers? And the diving coach had known Thornton from years and years and years ago um, as being this incredible diver at the Atlantic City, what, what is it? The Steel Pier of in course. Atlantic City. Who had done this insane dive called the Triple Lindy. And, you know, earlier Thornton says like, oh, it, it can't be done. It's too dangerous, blah, blah, blah. But the coach says like, we've got one more person, Thornton Mellon, and he's going to do the Triple Lindy. The, guys, the uh, judge is like, I've never heard of that. And he's like, like it's never been performed before, whatever. And uh, it's just the, the most insane dive. In Portland, there's a, a little bar, restaurant named the Triple Lindy. It's, you know, it's become this big thing. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's basically diving off of like the high thing and then bouncing, going from like one board to another board to another board and then doing a flip. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's and, It's ridiculous and hilarious at the thought that Rodney Dangerfield at age, I don't... <laughs> well, he didn't get a start until he was, what, like 60? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was pretty... Uh, he he was already up there. But, uh, so Rodney Dangerfield... Yeah, so just the idea of Rodney Dangerfield jumping off and doing these this this amazing dive is is hilarious. He does finish the... He he does finish the exam in time to come out and like sit for the diving meet. Yeah, I mean the timeline of this is very confusing, but he finishes the exam. He comes out. He you know he sits down. He he doesn't care. He's you know whatever. I just want to see Jason. I just yeah. want him to do well, pass or fail. Yeah. So um, of course he passes his classes. He's spoiler alert. They win the movie came out in 1986. We're okay. Uh, he, they win the, the diving meet. Yes. Everything is wonderful. Um, he graduates, he graduates and gives a speech at graduation. By the way, he graduates at, as far as I can tell at the end of his freshman year, it's at the end of his first semester of his freshman, whatever it's a movie. Uh, yeah. So, and, and then I'll just... One of many things you have to overlook to get through this movie. Uh, they're also, I mean, the one scene that can't be missed for sure is the party scene during the mid, or I like get the start of the midterms or whatever, uh, where, where Oingo Boingo is playing in the dorms. And, which, I mean, the movie's scored by Danny Elfman uh, very early in his career. I think he had just done Pee-wee's Big Adventure and then that's Pee-wee's it. Big Adventure and it was like Forbidden Zone. Sure. For that. Yeah, and then uh, wisdom. I don't. Know. Yeah, but any any time you can see Oingo Boingo, 
Yeah, Oingo Boingo performing in, in the dorms. Yeah. So, uh, Dan, if you could do anything with this movie today, what would it be? Ah, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's it, it's a tough question. First of all, I would have to I would have to rule out sequel. It's hard because you you were talking about a movie that's developed around a star. So I think the question is like is there a star that would benefit from this type of of movie from this type of role from and I would say I would go with a remake. Mhm. Cuz you can't really like you're not rebooting anything. It's just no. it's yeah. Um yeah, and the sequel wouldn't it just wouldn't work and you can't it's Keith Gordon doesn't. It's, the Keith Gordon doesn't act. I think he directs. He directs yeah. now, so you're you're not. You don't gain anything. There's nothing to do. I'm a, I'm a with director a now. Yeah. I'm a director now, and I'm in love with you. He tells the girl that he met like a week before that he's in love with her. Oh yeah, ridiculous. And well. then she's like, "I love you too," and it's like they've never talked for more than two seconds. Ah. Uh, um. Anyway, so I would do a remake, and. I was trying to think of who could benefit from from this type of project, who would be around the same about around the right age and who would be able to make this successful with their personality. Yeah. So I thought about Eddie Murphy. Really? I thought about Eddie Murphy, and you know it's like he's coming back, he's got coming yeah. t- to America. And the Dolomite. Dol- the Dol- my yeah. name is Dolomite where he plays Rudy Ray Moore. Mhm. So I, I feel like maybe we're around that time where he's... This, he is coming back to school. Yeah. Where maybe he's... And he's also, he's going to be hosting SNL. Right, I saw that. This fall, which is interesting. I don't know if he's ever guest hosted. I think I don't think they've ever even been able to get him back for like any of their like specials. Yeah. So... I think taking a star like Eddie Murphy, who's who's at the like the right age, totally be- believable that he'd have a uh, a son in 50, college, fifties, yeah, yeah, and I think he would, could pull it off differently. I think you could do a lot of that same stuff where it's like, hey, a lot of the stuff your dad's doing is getting a lot of attention. I'm I'm thinking of it almost as if you if you put a little bit of like that Billy Madison yeah DNA in there where you have the you know he's more into the like reliving his youth part of yeah. going of of going to school but I think you know yeah you could redo the the tall and fat and it would be for you know contemporary audiences so i don't know if the tall and fat would really track as well no unless he was one of the clumps well no (laughs) well i was trying to think i was like what could like what could eddie murphy do real like what would he do what would he make work really well and i was like if it was a line of like special type of suit like what if he had a store what if they like what if it was all pimp suits zoot suits zoot suits yeah i'm imagining like eddie murphy yeah just kind of like pulling off the doing the zoot suit thing and i don't know i think eddie murphy is i like eddie murphy and i feel like his he's his own worst enemy oh yeah when he gets too much creative control i i think things go 
but I, I think his movies tend to go off track. Mm-hmm. But you know, Eddie Murphy was you know, a phenomenal star in the 80s and 90s and was the type of actor that you could build a film around. You yeah. could build a, a character And it around. almost didn't matter what the movie was. It was an Eddie no. Murphy movie. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, he's great as Axel F. Axel Foley. Yeah. You know, in Beverly Hills Cop movies, but you know, it's he's also he's you know he's Prince Akeem. He's he, he's got a brand, and yeah. I think it, I think if Eddie Murphy is kind of is ready to to come back, then he's ready to come back to school. Oh my god! <laughs> I've had any of the other roles. What what would you do? Oh, Any thoughts? You know, I didn't really. Oh, the only other. So the the only other actor. There were a few other actors because I thought about like, all right, okay, who could, could Melissa McCarthy? I feel like she always. She's just the the name of someone who can who's really funny. Well, Dan, I think you're forgetting something. Melissa McCarthy basically did do this movie, Life of the Party. Oh, was that the? I didn't see that. I did. It's fun. It's a yeah. Melissa McCarthy movie, but it's essentially a back to school remake. Oh, it's an unofficial back to school remake. Yeah. So she's somebody who gets a divorce. Her daughter is in college. She like goes to visit her daughter and gets the idea to go to school because she never went to school and she parties all the- I mean, she's not like a wealthy, like there isn't that aspect to it, but it's essentially all of those things. Oh, <laughs> maybe I should see that. Uh, it's, I mean, it's fun. It's a good plane movie. Okay. I would say, yeah. Um, or just like doing stuff while it's on in the background kind of movie. Okay. Um, but do it, that. it has its moments. There, there was one other actor though, that I was thinking yeah. of in addition to, uh, Eddie Murphy, who would be, I think very funny, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, that would be a different movie. I'd like it. I think a Samuel, I think a Samuel L. Jackson back to school mm-hmm. would be really, really funny. So I was thinking of definitely remake, mm-hmm. and it was just a matter of like, who do you put in it? And I couldn't really devote a lot of time to figuring out like how it would be different. Um, but I was thinking I have I had a list of actors, but ultimately the the one that I think would work the best would be Will Ferrell. I mean, it would be although old school. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Back to school. Back yeah. to old school. Uh, I had some other names in here like Brian Cranston and Jeff Goldblum. I thought Jeff Goldblum would be a really interesting <laughs> one because that would like really make it different. Um, and then I was thinking for. Uh, the Professor Turner role, maybe Gillian Anderson. Oh, wow. Great yeah. casting. And then uh, as a diving coach, William Zabka. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, as Turgeson, one thing that I was, well, I mean, I had three names in here and I liked them all equally for different reasons. Uh, Jason Mansukis, because he could pull off the same Sam Kinison-y, like, crazy person energy but also bring it down mm-hmm. uh billy eichner who's just fantastic he's in the new lion king 
If you've seen Billy on the street, he's got that like frenetic energy. He's just like Parks and Rec. His, Parks his and character Rec. on Parks and oh Rec. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I really I like he's the so idea good. of Billy. I like the idea of Billy Eichner because it's it's the spirit of the the original character. But like Mansukis, I feel like would be too close to Kinnison. Well, the other one I was thinking is somebody who was kind of a protege of Sam Kinnison, and that's Mark Marin. Oh yeah. Hmm. Just a thought. Um, and then, did I have any other ones? Have you cast a Valerie Desmond? No, I didn't, because she's such like a non-character. I don't know. In the original, yeah. I, feel like we need, like, there need, I, I think there's improvement that could be done I, for, I for a remake. Yeah, I didn't think about a Jason or a Derek, because I'm, I feel like I'm just not tapped into that generation. Although, you know who might be a good Derek? is uh, John Bass. John Bass was in the Baywatch remake, and he was also, um, or the Baywatch adaptation. Yeah. Kind of. uh, and I believe he's in the new Kobe Smolder show, Stumptown. Wait, hold on. I think I know. I, th- I, think, I think I read He's kind of like a Josh Gaddy kind yeah. of person. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, he's. I think he's really good. I think he's really funny. I think that he's punchy um as De- as derek yeah as, yeah. as a derek yeah uh, i maybe like for jason like a miles teller somebody like that yeah i mean i guess well you would need your jason i i guess you would it would depend on who your right thornton yeah is so but yeah i yeah i guess i can't think of too many actors by name who are in that realm or yeah. in that <laughs> That demographic, that age, that age group. I do wish in my, now it, it oh, is, yeah. it is. Oh, go ahead. So for Barbe, for Dr. Barbe, mm-hmm. I want to bring Alan Rickman back to life oh. <laughs> and have him play Dr. Yeah, I just, I was good. watching that movie. I was just thinking like, man, I love Paxton Whitehead, but oh my God, Alan Rickman would be so damn good. I would also love to see Ray Fiennes, but only as his character in Hail Caesar. <laughs> would that it were so simple it's oh my god it's the greatest it's, would that it were so simple if you haven't seen that movie just watch it for that scene it's a fun movie hail caesar is a fun movie all around i know it's not one of the one that ends up on like coen brothers top 10 lists but it's coen brothers do films of the 40s it is fun, but not in a Barton thing. No, 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 no. <laughs> not but seriously, yeah. No, but it's kind of just like a an homage to, you know, the styles of the films of the 40s. And Alden Ehrenreich has that scene with, with Ray, Ray Fiennes that is so, so funny. Um, for Dean Martin, I had two thoughts. Stanley Tucci, George Wallace. Mmm... I just think it'd be great to see George Wallace in more movies. I agree. <laughs> I agree. And who doesn't love a good Tooch? <laughs> That's true. I mean, yeah, Stanley Tucci, you, you kind of, you, you can't go wrong with him. <laughs> um, oh, the other, so, so, John, I had another, you know, a confession here. Okay. I left my, I left my notes at home. I left my homework at home. Oh. So, the dog ate it appropriately for back to school, but I did have. I was like, "What if you went the approach where the where 
the father is a like a former mafioso. Okay. It's like what if it was like Robert De Niro? Okay. Yeah. Going back to school and cuz I was I was I was thinking about that like, during the business scene. Mhm. And it's like what if like Yeah, grease the local politicians. It's like whoa, yeah. yeah. You've, you're forgetting a few things. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so I I thought about oh, that would be kind of that would be kind of cute, kind of kind of funny. Yeah. You've got this, you know, former ma- mafioso. I I don't know. Yeah. So it should be noted that uh, allegedly there are plans to, or maybe it's already going forward in development, um, for a back to school. Uh, television adaptation as a docu-series tell me because what is this because i had something on my notes that i left at home i think that it was just like mgm has the rights and they they're developing a docu-series i don't know much information beyond i was thinking wouldn't it be cool if you followed if if you had like people like a, a parent who had never yeah who had not gone to college who did not have a college degree and who wanted to remedy that to attend school with their kid yeah. and have it be documented. Uh, which, I mean, sounds really interesting. Also, th- it kind of reminds me of Undeclared. Oh, my God, Undeclared. That show, I really love that show. It's a great show. Yeah. Um, yeah, Loudon Wainwright III yeah. is, that, is the father. He, he doesn't attend classes, but he hangs around a lot because he's going through a divorce. Right. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's just like... He lives to, in the dorm, yeah, right? Yeah, and, and all of his son's friends get such a kick out of him, so... Yeah. Oh, that show is so weird. <laughs> it's a bizarre... It's wonderful. Bizarre and funny show that I have not seen in quite some time. It's great. Uh, so, yeah... Uh, that that's what I got for back to school. Dan, you have any other any other thoughts? I don't. Can we get Oingo Boingo to get back together and do a, play the party scene in the remake? Or oh my god, I would love that playing Dead Man's Party. Although the Oingo Boingo doesn't do the title credit song, the back to well, which is not oh, the right, title yeah, credit yeah. song. It's weird. It sounds like it should be the title credit song, but it it's comes after long after the title credits. Yeah. Uh, also, and I've, I meant to mention this on the last episode, w- for Transylvania 65000, the Transylvania 65000 song, according to the director's commentary, wasn't actually written for the movie. It was just a song that already existed. I think that, yeah, that was... <laughs> yeah, which is so bizarre. And uh, what we also didn't mention is the fact that that movie is called Transylvania 65000. It's... Based on a Glenn Miller, well, you know, Pennsylvania Pens- six thousand. Oh yeah. Well, and, also there was a there was a Bugs Bunny cartoon uh, right. that was but, Transylvania six five. But it's so right. But all that stuff happened long before the eighties when this movie came out. So it's not like it was a current thing that was happening. It was just like this jazz swing song from you know the olden days then even <laughs> and. Uh, but I feel like then in the eighties you could you could reference things like that and people would generally get them. It I it never even occurred to me as as how bizarre it was until I was thinking about it recently. Yeah, I 
I mean, <laughs> I always thought it was fun, and it was funny because I knew what Transylvania six five thousand was before I knew what Pennsylvania oh, six five thousand. One hundred percent on this end of the desk too. So the first time I, the first time I ever heard it, I was like, "Oh, that's fantastic! Oh, it's not Transylvania six five thousand. So anyway, back, back to, to school. I, <laughs> uh, I, what a great, what a great movie. Fun movie. Good time. You got to turn off your your cultural sensitivity a little bit more. Your, um, you know, feminism needs to. And there's definitely a few moments. There's that moment in the at the party scene where he's with the hot tub. Oh, yeah. I think now is a little uncomfortable when you have you know this guy who's how old. Well, also Lou gets together with some college age kid. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's a little disturbing. Yeah, it's a little disturbing, but it's a fun, fun movie. And it doesn't show anything. It's just like no. she's with him. Yeah, Lou and Bert, yeah, Burt Young's great, and it yeah, very understated, especially compared to his role in the in the Rocky movies. But he's got a couple of nice scenes, especially he's got one scene with Jason where he kind of sets him straight. Yeah, it's a good movie. And he's got a great scene with Derek at the end when they're just sitting together in the bleachers, and uh, that's when Derek is just like. You know, no one ever heckles divers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Lou kind of respects that. Yeah. He, he likes yeah, that yeah. about him. Yeah. He kind of just like yeah. is on his side, which I, I like about that. It's just like I, Lou could easily be like, ugh, these dumb kids. But no, so he's good, into it. It's a good movie. And I, I, I must say the nostalgic in me does oh i anytime we get a chance to watch a movie that has the orion logo oh, yeah. at the beginning <laughs> i i do i'm happy to see that like uh, orion is back in Orion's some way back, shape baby. or form because if there was ever a remake of this i would i would want that orion yeah. logo it was just yeah it was so it, it was just such a part of growing up and seeing a lot of uh a lot of great classic classic movies for sure. Yeah. And speaking of which, do you want to talk about what we're going to be doing on the next episode? All right. On the next episode, we'll be talking about 1987's Inner Space. If you could have heard the, our faces when we <laughs> when we mentioned it earlier, we were just like, that's the next episode, right? Yes. That's, that's what uh, our, our faces made those noises, but you could not Yeah, have, have you heard might them. have heard it. Uh, well, because we usually, we usually discuss before we start recording, and then I, I think just because of, you know, the unusual circumstances, we kind of started that conversation and never finished it, and then yeah. went inner space, and we had been talking recently about inner space and about doing an episode on inner yeah. space. So uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Joe Dante directed it, uh, director of Gremlins and Gremlins 2 and many other movies. And it... Uh, he it, directed Inner Space. He directed Inner Space, <laughs> which stars Dennis Quaid, yeah. Martin Short, Meg, Meg Ryan, Ryan, and Robert Miranda. Yeah, the cowboy. The cowboy. Yeah. Um, and... and Oh my God! I'm blanking Kevin, on his name. Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy. I was like, it goes on the tip of my tongue, but he's R.J. Fletcher from UHF. R.J. Fletcher from UHF. <laughs> so <laughs> such a great villain. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really excited to talk about Inner Space. Very That's excited be a lot to talk about Inner Space. Uh, email us ruinedchildhoodspod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at ruinedchildhoodspod. Uh, Dan, you got anything else? Keith Gordon was in I Love Trouble, a 1994 box office disaster. Starring Julia Roberts and Nick Nolte. So that is one degree from back to school 
to Lorenzo's oil. Sally Kellerman was in The Player with Nick Nolte and Susan Sarandon of Lorenzo's Oil. Good journey. Have a good journey. I tell you, I'm all right now, but last week I was in rough shape. I don't get a break with nothing. I played hide and seek when I was free. No respect, no respect. Why they wouldn't even look for me? No respect, no respect. I was an ugly kid, I never had fun. No respect, 